Some things just stay in the news this week. A newly nominated U.S. Supreme Court justice, Tuesday night, the first of three presidential debates. Continuing stories begun Sunday afternoon by the New York Times on tax returns filed by a president. Is it fake news or real? Trump's taxes. Maybe that depends upon whom you plan to vote for. But before you think I'm taking a stand, consider this. A pastor in California telling me he preaches every week to pro-Trump voters and those who can't stand him. Both are members of his congregation. Folks who refuse to mask up, some who refuse to come unless everyone does. He has opinions, but when he preaches, he has one message. Christ and Christ crucified. That's the only side we should be willing to die for. So many things competing for our allegiance these days. Remember, Christ is King. Our devotion to Him must surpass all others. After all, His love endures forever. Welcome to Haven Today here on Tuesday. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and this is a program called The Chosen. It's the first ever multi-season show on the life of Jesus. And it is the number one highest crowdfunded project of all time at $10 million. And over 19,000 people investing in this project to see it get made completely outside Hollywood. What am I talking about? On today's program, we're going to meet up with the creator of this most interesting television series called The Chosen. Dallas Jenkins made a short film for his church in 2017 in Chicago from the perspective of a shepherd the day Christ was born. And it was that film that gave Dallas the idea to create a series that allows us to see Jesus through the eyes of those who knew him. Yes, we do add the historical context, the cultural context, and some artistic imagination similar to when you're hearing a sermon and and the pastor perhaps is giving you a passage from the Gospels and then says, all right, now let me give you a little bit of the context of what was going on here. Dallas Jenkins will be back with us in a few minutes with a full interview to share some insights about his first season of The Chosen. Then after the program, I want to send you the entire first season of The Chosen for your generous gift to support Haven Today. As you watch this faithful to the scripture yet well-produced series, you'll often find your own story in the lives of those who are around Jesus. And I think you'll be moved with gratitude that he's called you as his own. Call us after the program. The number to call is 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or better, go to our website. Watch some of the clips from the show we have there. And then make your gift and ask for the DVD of the first season. Our website is haventoday.org. Haven Today. And now let's get started with music by Travis Cottrell. If I could see 2,000 years ago, travel back in time and walk in the day when just one man turned this world upside down. If I could be a guest at the wedding and taste wine, that was water moments before Would I realize what was really in store That there would be so much more 
loves the world in this way that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life so this has nothing to do with Rome it's all about sin God did not send his son into the world to condemn it Nicodemus he sent him to save it through him it's as simple as Moses' serpent on the pole Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Have you ever heard anything like this before? Jesus talking with Nicodemus in the Chosen TV series. An insightful scene helping us better understand the context from which John 3.16 was spoken. This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. And just before the TV clip, we heard Travis Cottrell and his song, 2,000 years. Now, I want us to meet up with the creator of the Chosen TV series. Dallas Jenkins is currently on location shooting the second season of the series, but he took some time away from the set to speak with us. 
Dallas, welcome for the first time to Haven Today. Thanks so much for having me on, Charles. I appreciate it. So in a nutshell, could you tell us how did the idea of The Chosen come about? And it goes back Christmas, what, five years ago, six years ago? When? Uh, not that, not quite that long ago, but, uh, but yeah, back in 2017, actually, so about three years ago, I did a short film from my church's Christmas Eve service. And that was all it was intended to be. It was a short film about the birth of Christ from the perspective of the shepherds. And it's something that I had been wanting to do for a little while, but had been busy making feature films. And I had done other short films and vignettes for my church in the past. And the idea was always stories from the Gospels, but from a different perspective. So same story, but through the eyes of maybe someone different that we don't normally focus on when we do movies or miniseries about Jesus. And so this one was the birth of Christ from the perspective of the shepherds. And we see what their day might have been like earlier and, and what their lives were like, the historical context, the cultural context, little artistic imagination about maybe the inner workings of this group of shepherds, all leading towards their encounter with the birth of Christ. And while I was making it, I realized, you know, there's, there's been movies and miniseries about the life of Christ, but there's never actually been a multi-season show where you can really dig into the stories and into the details even more than you can when you're doing a movie and you're just going quickly from miracle to miracle and Bible verse to Bible verse. And so many people, when they saw the short, were so moved by seeing the birth of Christ through, through the eyes of, of those who actually met him. Mm-hmm. And when you see a movie, oftentimes Jesus is the main character and you're not really able to connect with the people around him. And so I just thought that was a really interesting possibility. And that short film, very long story short, ended up being the catalyst for and the fundraiser for this, this uh, season one of, of what turned out to be The Chosen. And it did well. You're making season two right now. And just in case anybody's a little worried that's listening to the program, you're trying to stay very true to the biblical account, aren't you? At the same time, you're, you're trying to think of what it was like if you were Peter or one of the apostles. Absolutely. And I think some people when, who maybe haven't seen the show yet, and they hear backstories or context or artistic imagination, and they think, oh, you're messing with scripture. Um, and I understand that concern, but, uh, and, and I know a lot of Christians have been burned in the past by seeing Bible stories set to film you know, by Hollywood and, and things change and it feels like unrecognizable. Well, I'm someone who's been a believer as long as I can remember. I was a Bible major in college. I love God's word. I believe it. I have no agenda. I'm not changing anything. When you see things that are from scripture in the show, um, we don't change anything. But yes, we do add the historical context, the cultural context, and some artistic imagination similar to when you're hearing a sermon and, and the pastor perhaps is giving you a passage from the Gospels and then says, all right, now let me give you a little bit of the context of what was going on here. And sometimes we like to imagine, you know, what, what, what might it have been like for Simon Peter, you know, who was married, for example. Those are things we don't normally explore. And so I think that our, our primary objective when we do any scenes that aren't from Scripture, uh, we, we always ask ourselves, is this plausible? That's number one. You know, is this something that really could have happened? And then, of course, what's most important is, we never do anything that's going to violate the intentions of the char- or the character of Jesus and these gospel stories. The, the proof is in the pudding. When people watch the show um, from all stripes, I mean, from, from all levels of conservative scholars to, to otherwise, are saying, 
this is clearly an homage and, and made by someone who loves scripture. And, mm. and what people are saying over and over again is that it's not replacing scripture for them. In fact, it's taking them back to scripture more than ever before. We hear every day from thousands of people who are saying, I've never raised, I've never read my Bible more than I have since I've watched this show. So, so I think that's, that's the best indication that we're really working hard to stay faithful to the intentions of scripture. Well, Dallas, in my house, we stay true to the Bible. And that starts with my wife. <laughs> and when COVID first broke out, and she was looking around for things for us to watch, somehow she came across The Chosen, and she watched it all. And every day she would say, we've got to watch this. Well, we're watching it now together, and uh, it's really a blessing. One of the questions I have for you, though, in, in, in making a series like this, how in the world do you find an actor to portray Jesus? Well, interestingly enough, I found Jonathan uh, Rumi, that's his name, um, about six or seven years ago when I did the very first short film about uh, a, a gospel story that for my church. This was back, I did, a, I did a short film about the crucifixion from the perspective of the two thieves. So we took the, the story of the two thieves on the cross, which is really only a few verses, and we thought, this is interesting. You know, they go in just a couple of verses from mocking Jesus to one of them believing in Jesus and wanting to be with him in paradise. So we worked our way backwards to kind of come up with a plausible backstory and who they might have been. And, and so we did the short film. And in fact, Jesus only shows up for a few minutes because he shows up at the end, you know, on the cross. Mm -hmm. And um, Jonathan had auditioned for one of the two thieves and did, did a lovely job. But I had two other guys who I really liked, and we didn't have anyone who was good enough to play Jesus. And so I, had, I thought Jonathan should audition for Jesus. And 10 seconds into his audition, I thought, my goodness, this is one of the best Jesuses I've ever seen. <laughs> that sounds a little funny to hear you say that. One of the best Jesuses I've ever seen. But there are certain qualities you're looking for. You yeah. Know? And that's the thing is, I, I feel like I've seen almost all the Jesus movies and miniseries ever made. Many times I find there's something lacking. I, Jesus oftentimes is portrayed as pretty boring um, or mm. overly pious, or he looks like he's British or American, you know, or something. And it's hard to find what I think Jonathan delivers in, in his performance, which is both the masculinity and the gentle spirit. You know, it's it, a lot of times it's one or the other. And one of the things that makes Jonathan um, do such a good job is that he really empties himself. And I think he knows, mm. and he said this publicly, <laughs> you know, there's no way I can actually live up to the portrayal of Jesus. I can't really put myself in the, in the shoes or in the sandals of the sinless son of God. I think both of us, what me as the director and as the writer and Jonathan as the, as the portrayer of Jesus, um, you just try as much as possible to recognize you're not worthy of it. Um, and you just try to kind of get out of the way as much as possible. Um, but we don't, we don't over-spiritualize it to the point where when Jonathan is performing, he's trying to take on the persona of Jesus or anything like mm -hmm. that. We know that that's not really possible. So I think we're just trying to pursue an honest, authentic portrayal of Jesus the man. And, uh, and so far, it seems to be working well. Hey, I'm talking to you. By whom do you teach? Certainly not the authority of any rabbi from Nazareth. Where did you study? Your faith is beautiful. Son, take heart. Your sins are forgiven. Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? 
Right. But I ask you, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven. Or rise up and walk. It's easy to say anything, no? But to show you. And so that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, my son, rise. Pick up your bed and go home. That's a clip from The Chosen, season one, where Jesus heals the paralytic man who was lowered from the roof. This is Haven Today, and I'm talking with the creator of this series, Dallas Jenkins. There is so much going on in the world. We don't take a political stand on this Christian radio program. A lot of people do. We don't. But we also talk about what's going on in the world today. And this week is a tough week. We've got a presidential debate. We've got tax returns released. Are they fake? Are they not fake? There's a Supreme Court justice being voted on. Why do you think it's important for us to head back to the first century and look at not just the life of Jesus, but look at those who met Jesus that surrounded him, and not just the apostles, but you've got others in there as well uh, that you've included. Why is that important for us? Yeah, that's a great question. And what's interesting about it is you're not even including what's been going on in the last six months. You know, uh, when you mentioned your wife, when, when COVID hit, uh, people were looking for something to watch. And that's actually when The Chosen really exploded. Currently, it's in every country in the world, and it's been translated in over 60 languages. And people of all faith backgrounds seem to be loving the show. And, and, and I think the reason is, is because in this crazy time, I think the show focuses solely on Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. The show focuses on Jesus and his relationships with those around him. And here's what you see when you really explore the stories of Jesus. He wasn't interested in a political revolution. Um, every day you hear from both sides the reasons mm-hmm. why it's important to fight, the reasons why it's important to take a stand, to, to collect our team together, and we're going, to, we're going to make a stand. We're going to vote in this way, or we're going to fight in this way. And Jesus really wasn't about that. Um, we'd like to sometimes think he was. I think both sides like to claim him mm-hmm. as an endorser of their political perspective uh, when it's convenient. But when you look at the stories of Jesus, he was about the personal. Um, his miracles were about the personal. He was always after your heart. And he oftentimes said, I'm not about a political kingdom. I'm not about an earthly kingdom. I'm about, I'm about a spiritual kingdom. And I think mm. being reminded of those stories, there's something sim- simple about it. There's something beautiful about just focusing on that relationship between Jesus and the people that he met. And they sometimes wanted him to fight. They were sometimes saying, hey, we've, we're in the middle of a, of a revolution here. What are you going to do? Are you going to lead us? And he was like, I'm after your heart. I'm after your heart. And uh, I think there's something that's uh, a salvation, and literally, but also just a relief about that right now, that sometimes mm-hmm. you can just tune out all that's going on and just focus on the greatest man who ever lived. Uh, I think that for a lot of people, it's a respite from, from all the craziness that happens when they tune on, turn on the news or, uh, or go on to social media. You know, I haven't said amen yet today, so I'm going to say amen, Dallas Jenkins. <laughs> Thank you for, for sharing that with us. 
Dallas, normally living in Chicago, but now shooting your second season on location. Let me throw a question out. It's a surprise question that I ask at the end of any time I interview somebody on the program. What does Jesus mean to you? Well, I think that in the last few years, my life has changed and I have become a different person because of the story of the feeding the 5,000. Mm. And I just, just indicated, you know, just a, a moment ago, but um, my, my goal in life now is that when I bring my five loaves and two fish to Jesus, that he deems them worthy of acceptance. And that's where the transaction ends. I've, I've, I lived so much of my life thinking ahead, trying to think of making, making sure that I could accomplish something, making sure that the, the projects that I worked on were successful And now I have no desire other than to make sure that Jesus finds them acceptable and finds them successful. And after that, I genuinely don't care about the earthly success or failure. And it's become a bit of a superpower. Um, I really only want to please Jesus. And Mm. that, um, you know, to answer your question specifically, he means uh, to me, he's the one who I'm just trying to please each day. And if I can do that, um, you know, with, with whatever small amounts that I can provide each day. And, mm-hmm. and right now it's with this show, but it's also as a father and as a husband, th- that's, that's all that matters. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but when you can really get to that point where you're just focused on making sure that what you're doing is acceptable to him, everything else kind of falls away. And, and, and that, that becomes the, the, the focus of your life. And it actually makes things much simpler because Jesus is actually quite uh, accepting and forgiving when we bring our, our best uh, our best to him, or when we don't have our best to give, mm. we just give our surrendered, broken selves. Um, it's so much, so much easier than trying to please uh, social media commenters. I'll save for the second time today. Amen. Thank you so much. The Lord be with you and your project, and thank you for taking a few minutes off filming uh, to be with us here on Haven today. Dallas Jenkins. Thank you so much for having me. Who but Jesus loves the sinner? Who but Jesus calls him friend? Reaches out to touch the leper, bids the weary come to him. Who but Jesus loves the lowly? Those the world has cast aside. With such scandalous compassion Makes a wretch his chosen bride Who but Jesus loves the sinner Enough to give his life Love too pure for men to merit Grace too glorious to deny Praise Him now my joy in living Yes in death my comfort rests In that Jesus loves this sinner He alone is my righteousness Who but Jesus Who but Jesus
You've made your way to Haven today, and the program is called The Chosen. Wasn't it good to hear from Dallas Jenkins, who created the show we've named our series after this week? It's a special series. It's something my wife and I have enjoyed together, and I really want you and your loved ones to see it as well. You can see the story of Jesus in a fresh and vibrant way through the eyes of people whose lives had been transformed by him. People like Mary, Peter, and even Nicodemus. Who were they? What were they like before they met the Christ? As you watch all eight episodes of The Chosen, you and those around you will see your lives in the lives of those around Jesus and have a deeper appreciation of how the gospel truly transforms us. For your generous gift to this listener-supported ministry, I want to send you the DVD collection, The Chosen, Season 1. Why don't you call us right now? Call us at 800 6 54 2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go watch some clips from the series when you come to our website. And after you've done that, you can make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when again we get to share together the great story of Jesus and those around him in the first century And we'll do it together here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God, this is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. These were God's words to the prophet Jeremiah. And God made good on his promise. He revealed much to Jeremiah revelations about himself, visions of what was yet to come, and yes, this promise was given to Jeremiah. But to us, Jesus echoes and even expands the offer in Matthew 7 when he said, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. So today, don't wait. Take Jesus up on his offer. Allow him to show you in his word great and unsearchable things you never knew. You can get Anchor Devotional in print at getanchor.com. That's getanchor.com.